0: Welcome, everybody, to a new episode of Our Hometown Podcast. Today, I have the pleasure of sitting down with John Baird. How are you doing, John?
1: I'm well, Kyle. Thanks for having me here.
0: Absolutely. So you're running for the Senate again, right, for the State Senate? Actually, it's the House or of the Representatives. House. That's yep. Right. Yep. Sorry about yep. that.
1: Running for re-election.
0: So how was the primaries?
1: I won the primary Excellent. without an—I don't have an opponent, so oh, very likely matter. to get in, and if I don't, we're going to yeah, we're gonna have to look into the fraud. Right. <laughs>
0: Be January 6th all over again. Yeah. So what what do, how do you feel about the primaries overall throughout the city of Gillette,
1: uh, citywide and countywide and statewide? I'm really pleased. That's um, good. There were some disappointments, but for the most part, I saw a real red wave. So yeah, very happy with that.
0: Yeah, and it seemed like uh, when I was reading the Gillette newspaper, it seemed like everybody that was going to win won by pretty substantial numbers.
1: Yeah, I mean. yeah. Well, there were some surprises from the. Politico's they thought that uh, certain people were gonna win or it was gonna be a real close race and they weren't But I had uh, a little bit more information on the ground and I was I was uh, Happy with the way it came out and not overly surprised. I was a little disappointed in uh, dr. Hallinan who is your representative uh, Getting knocked off. Yeah, I actually voted for him. Yeah, Uh, he's part of the uh, the freedom caucus in the house And so uh, he was my desk mate so we Mm -hmm. sat next to each other and Got to know him pretty well and just disappointed to lose a friend down there but uh hopefully we'll be able to work with ken clauston
0: so i know that i didn't bring this up earlier but uh what do you think of the hagman or the harry hagman and uh, liz cheney what was the end up uh what did cheney lose by
1: oh it was uh 30 points plus so it was it was huge yeah i watched
0: her uh farewell speech as i like to call it and it was a lot of blame not her fault it was everybody else's fault and i'm glad we finally. Came to our senses and got rid of a West Virginian.
1: Yeah, me too. So uh, not a great gracious loser either.
0: No, and the fact that she compared herself to Abraham Lincoln really was kind of cringy. Yeah, (laughs) very cringy.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, when you've been telling the American people that you're all about the Constitution, when you're basically taking away a a man's uh, right to due process, you know. You can trample on anything pretty (laughs) much.
0: Well, (laughs) and I think that's one of the biggest issues we we face right now is that there's no due process anymore. It's you're guilty until proven innocent.
1: Uh, Yeah. And there seems to be uh, movement toward a two tiered legal system where, you know, those who are in the, uh, you know, the insiders, they, they're held to one standard and the rest of us are held to another.
0: Yeah. Well, Hopefully, we can change that here soon.
1: Yeah, I think that uh, the people of Wyoming, at least, have spoken, and that really they're they're proving that they are who I thought they were, and mm-hmm. that's that we're a very conservative, uh, grassroots bunch of folks here, and uh, we're just not going to put up with uh, somebody representing us that doesn't represent right. us. And we're also there was a lot of negativity at the end of that campaign, mm-hmm. you know, trying to bring down Harriet Hageman and uh, Chuck Gray, who yep. ran for Secretary of State. And so the media really flopped there. They didn't uh, accomplish very much at all with their negative uh, ads and negative articles on those two.
0: Well, it seems like the more the media gets involved with like local politicians or local politics, it seems to be like the more people are going to go away from the one that the media's one to win.
1: The question is, Kyle, will they learn their lesson? No,
0: <laughs> it's, it's a multi-billion-dollar business. <laughs> that's that's what they get their clicks. That's how they, you know, th- they'll never quit. Yeah, and it just hopefully people are the voters and residents of Wyoming will do their own research and instead of just oh well this article said so and so did this I guess I'm gonna vote for the other guy right you right. know like
1: I, it does show I think that the people of Wyoming are, are a little sharper than the yeah
0: well they're getting credit for yeah, yeah uh, especially
1: munching. than than the average American because fifty percent of the American people were told uh, you know voted for Biden. Right, you know uh, that. Th- that's somebody who's listening to CNN. Right. And well, and drinking I the Kool-Aid. It was
0: uh, it was weird to see that Biden got more votes than Obama. Yeah. And that, that's a little, the guy that can't write his own name without a cramp. <laughs> it's kind of kind of scary. <laughs> it
1: is, isn't it? But
0: uh, so s- talk a little bit about you, Mr. Bear. Uh, what's your childhood story, and how has that made you are you are today?
1: Sure. Um, well. That would take a while to go start at the childhood, but <laughs> I'll do my best. Alrighty. I grew up in Greeley, Colorado, Okay. and uh, I got accepted to the University of Colorado on a Navy scholarship. So I uh, went to the University of Colorado uh, under an engineering degree, got an economics degree and computer science degree there, and uh, uh, was commissioned as an officer in the Navy. Uh, met my wife there. We uh, got married actually right before our senior year. Oh, wow. And uh, so, got commissioned and went off to the Navy for four years, and uh, did my uh, my stint there on a ship out of San Francisco, and uh, really didn't get to spend a lot of time in port. I was out at sea quite oh, a really? lot. Uh, I enjoyed it, but uh, my daughter was born about the third year, three and a half years into that, and okay. uh, I had an opportunity to to leave the Navy, come back to Colorado, and so. Uh, I uh, didn't enjoy having my daughter born and then not getting to see her again for another month and a half. So that's, that's, uh,
0: that's kind of funny because that, that's exactly what Dale Shetz had said, said to you about his time in the Army. Yeah was that once soon as you had kids it was w- the, the enjoyment wasn't there anymore.
1: Yeah. yeah I, I mean I, I loved every bit of it and, and uh, learned a great deal about mm-hmm. leadership there. but uh, yeah, being around family, it, it's a, it's a real hardship. The yeah. military families, uh, they really suffer a lot of hardship. So uh, I was excited to get back and, and take over part of the family business in, in Greeley, Colorado, and then eventually expanding to Denver, Colorado. And uh, my wife was from here. Oh, really? So that's really what brought us back to Wyoming. Well, right on. And uh, after working for a Fortune 500 company down there in Denver for a while, I decided I really wanted to get back into owning my own business. Mm-hmm. So uh, opportunity to move, to move up here and do that opened up and so we uh, uh, we moved up here, finished raising our kids up here. My daughter uh, is married and has my grandkids right here, yep. just a few doors down from yep. you.
0: Yeah, uh, so being a business owner here in Campbell County or Gillette, what, what do you see are some of our biggest strengths? Like just, because I, I feel like people that are small business owners have a better feel of what's going on in the community than say s- city councilmen even.
1: Well, I'll tell you that one of the things that I've enjoyed since I've been here is uh, just the openness and the freedom to do business your way. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was in Denver, you know, a lot more restrictions, a lot more regulations on how you did business, what you, you know, what you built for a business, yeah. what, you know, with the way things looked, the way you w- did business. So, uh, I once had the city council come and meet with me at, at my store and just ask me those kind of questions. Would you like to see? Uh, more regulations on on how the storefronts look, those types of things, and I, I said no because, uh, you know, I invested a great deal in my business and the way it looks. Mm-hmm. If the next guy doesn't want to invest that much and uh, he doesn't believe that uh, that'll convince the the customers that you're there for the long run, you know, that's his call. I like that, and uh, that can that leaves a way for me to differentiate myself from other businesses
0: well like the private market will figure itself out mm-hmm. i know there's a lot of people say that private market needs to be more heavily regulated but i don't know what was it two years ago three years ago when everybody's up in arms about the potholes and some of the different uh stores parking mm-hmm. lots mm-hmm. you know i made the comment of just don't go you know right. like don't go to papa murphy's Right. I mean, there's there's all kinds of other places to get pizza. If that's if you guys are so upset about it, just don't go. Don't give them your business. Right. The more and more you give them their business, the more they're gonna be like, yeah, hey, no biggie. You know. And it's it was I was really upset that the city stepped in and said we're gonna start fining you and doing this and doing that. Just I'm, I guess I'm a huge believer in, in the private market. The the having your private rights. Your you know. I just less government. I think the better we are.
1: Absolutely. And that's uh, that's exactly the way our country was founded. And right. You and I are on the same page there, Kyle. Well, uh,
0: there's a guy. His name is Dan Holloway. Uh, he has a, he, I listen to his podcast quite a bit, and it's called Citizen. And he said something the other day that the most effective, best uh, political system you have is your family.
1: Yeah. I, I agree 100%. You know. You know,
0: and, like, it kind of took me back because, like, you know, I, I'm, I, I'm a firm believer that the more local government is, the better everybody's going to be. But, you know, like, keep it like, – looking at your family as a government you know y- that brings back to a nuclear family mm-hmm. you know, y- it takes a nuclear family to have to teach your kids the uh, the principles you know to, to have your kids grow up to be decent human beings
1: yeah well and you b- you create better citizens in exactly. the future that way as well exactly but we see a war on that don't we we oh see man. we see an attack on the nuclear family we see uh, you know, the degradation of, of the family unit. And we, we see our, not just from culture, but from government itself. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a tax policy that, that uh, encourages people not to get married, but to go ahead and have children. Right. And, and uh, you know, w- if you look at the divorce rate. Uh, well, even
0: in Campbell uh, County, it's over 50%. Yeah,
1: and, and, and it's just destructive. Yes. It's destructive to our society. It's destructive to the American way.
0: Well, I think it's more of an attack on, on men than it is anything. I yep. think the third wave feminism group had really caused a lot of
1: problems yeah for, yep. for everybody. I, you know, I look back historically, you know, you look back to World War II, that's really where it began. Yeah. Where the men went off to war and the women had to to build the ships and the mm-hmm. tanks and the airplanes and so uh, women uh, ha- were in the workforce for yeah. sure. And then when the men came back, not all the women left the workforce. And so w- you went from a time when one man could uh, provide for his entire family and the mom could stay home mm-hmm. to needing to have both people in the workforce because the more people are in the workforce, this is that private private uh, market like yep. you just mentioned, uh, the capitalism that the more labor there is in the market, the lower the wages are. Mm-hmm. So you put men and women into the marketplace, the lower the wages are gonna be. So yep. instead of fewer people working and higher wages we've gone the other direction and it, it's hard on the family
0: do you think that I- if they would have kept wages b- before because when, when did uh uh the federal wage when when, did, when did that became the minimum wage was that right after
1: that would have probably been uh, after the, n- the new deal uh you know shortly after I think it would have been the 50s or the yeah. 60s. Sometime so
0: I, I'm a firm believer that the minimum wage has caused more problems than it's ever fixed.
1: Well, if you look at it, the today and and most of my lifetime minimum wage hasn't really meant much because no. nobody was paid that right. what, what it does is it tie the unions tie their wages to it. They're not anywhere near minimum mm-hmm. wage, but they use that as a as an index to, yep. to run their wages. But if government increases the minimum wage, like we're seeing in California, above and beyond what the what the market forces mm-hmm. do, it just destroys the market.
0: Well, I, I've, s- being a welder, uh, I get a lot of emails from different recruiting companies. Well, you can go out to California and make sixty-five bucks an hour, but a house costs me six hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. So that sixty-five bucks an hour doesn't. That's like making minimum wage here. Right. You know, you, you can't live off of it. Right. It, and I. Th- I think, you know, like talking about with men and women being in the workforce, I I still kind of part of me wants to say this is kind of my more liberal leaning ideology from schools and stuff like that. But I think if the corporations, I think the unions that stayed the hell out of it, I think would be better off than where we are now. Mm -hmm. But even with men men and women being in the workforce, I think companies could have still kept up and said, you know, inflation's here we're gonna keep say on on track with inflation. So inflation goes up 6%, we'll give you a 6.5% raise. I understand that's like crazy to think because then you're saying your products and everything else go up in expenses, but there's gotta be a way for it to for these companies making trili- billions of dollars that can help fight this, help the American people working for them, fighting inflation, what, we're at 12% now, 13%?
1: Yeah, I don't see it that way. Yeah, I, I figured Lem- you wouldn't, but. L- let me explain to you where inflation comes from. So inflation is where you go to purchase something, mm-hmm. and you know you're going to agree that whatever that is is worth a dollar. Mm-hmm. Let's let's call it. Uh, let's say it's an egg. Uh, so an egg's worth a dollar. Okay. Now, if the government takes and prints more dollars without adding more eggs into the market, now there's more dollars, and so they wor- they are worth less. And so the guy that sells you the egg can't buy as much. With that dollar, so now he needs to charge you more mm-hmm. because he can't buy as much. You've eroded the buying power. So where does inflation come from? Uh, it's From the top. From it's the from government. government printing more money. The more money they put into the into the uh, market, the the lower the value of that money is. And so, you know, if you look back at World War II, that's what the Germans did, and that's what really led to a lot of the their downfall. Uh, well, well, it led to the e- great e- ra- economic. Yeah, it, it led to a, an economic disaster that led to them actually you know, joining a war or starting a yeah. war to try to get out of it.
0: Well, you know, and then printing, what, $5.5 five trillion dollars in less than 18 months? Yeah. You know, that.
1: And and I think that this new bill, this uh, inflation prevention bill. It's just gonna make it, it worse. It's gonna make it worse, yeah. Well, no you know, there's
0: gonna be 87,000 new jobs, though, so <laughs> that.
1: Look out, they'll be knocking on oh your door. Man
0: as i was telling my we, we were talking about that the other day and i was like man i might have to go through all my tax returns and make sure i got <laughs> everything filled out right because i <laughs> really don't need
1: oh don't worry about it they'll do that for oh you man. <laughs> i'm not looking forward to it
0: there was there was a we my family we had owned a gas company uh, back in 2010 mm-hmm. and it went belly up on us that was uh right as the attack on natural gas was the worst and i keep on thinking back it's like man I really hope that CPA, she did her job right. I, right. S- I hope so, because yep. right now, if they come back on me, I'm <laughs> sorry, guys. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, that's that's a, a scary thing, because you're guilty until proven innocent right. when it comes to the IRS. And that's just, that's unconstitutional, and it's un-American. So,
0: talking about government, I guess, h- how do you feel the Wyoming state government's going? Do you, do you feel like we're safe, secure? Do you think we could take on what, left of Joe Biden's policies is coming down our way? Is there things we can do to protect the uh, citizens of Wyoming?
1: Well, it's a pretty complex question and it's gonna take a little bit to answer that. Um, I do believe that we as a state are way better off than most states mm-hmm. in, the, in the nation. Um, but as we saw in this last election, the people of Wyoming are very conservative, call it red. Mm-hmm. But the people we've elected to, to serve us as our representatives down in Cheyenne Typically, are much more purple. Yeah, a lot more left leaning, and a lot of that has to do with the the kind of people that are available to serve. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I up until two years ago, I was focused on my business and my family. I wouldn't have thought of going down to Cheyenne and representing, you know, ten thousand people mm-hmm. from Gillette. So um, there's very few people like myself that are, you know, very conservative and have to come back home to make a living right. so what you get are people that have really arrived financially you know and feel feel good about their themselves and their uh, ability to have time and resources to go and serve yeah well s- this is sort of an elitist at- attitude that comes out and uh, they feel like they've made good decisions to get there mm-hmm. and the people who haven't gotten there haven't made good decisions right. and I, I'm stereotyping here but they would say, well then, it's okay for me to make decisions on behalf of those people, uh, because Sparter they'll be they'll be better off yeah, yeah. because I made good decisions, and that's not the way I see it. Uh, I need to represent everybody, including you, uh, the way you would like to see mm-hmm. that representation happen. And so, we have a uh, blue to purple legislature, even though we have a red state. Mm-hmm. So you know, on the outside observer, if they look at the legislation and the kind of things we do to protect ourselves from the Biden administration, uh, it's pretty weak. Uh, We pretty much go along with the Biden administration because too many of our legislators want those federal dollars coming into the state. Now, it's a little bit complicated because if you look at the land and the resources of this state, you know, almost 70% of it is owned by the federal government. Mm -hmm. So we're really beholden to them because Most of our revenue that we run our state on comes from those minerals that were taken out of the ground and we depend on the federal government to allow us to do that. Now when they shut that down, uh, we're not gonna be able to pay for schools, we're not gonna be able to pay for a lot of things. So we've got a really bad relationship with the federal government right now. Very
0: thin line that you guys are having to balance. Yeah, yeah,
1: and so, uh, you know, I don't see our current government pushing back on that very hard. Uh, but these changes that we saw in the last election could could change that slightly. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we'll start seeing some pushback. We, you know, we had um, a superintendent of education, Brian Schrader, that was pushing back and saying, "Hey, we don't want the USDA st- uh, telling us that the the ninety million that we're getting from them for school lunches it requires that we start allowing boys to have access to the girls' restrooms." Yeah, I mean, if you want to. Ruin an education for a young lady, right? Make her not but able to go to the bathroom during the school day. So
0: that almost seems like something like uh, we could say, take your ninety million and shove it, and then crowdsource, crowd fund the rest of just from out of people. Well, and, of that
1: and that's precisely what uh, Brian Schrader was saying. Now he lost his election, and yeah. so we're going to th- the gal who's going to take over, Megan Degenfelder, is going to be you know more moderate, yeah. progressive, and probably more willing to accept those USDA dollars as well as those so strings that are attached. Is there something
0: here locally in, like in our, our communities, is that something maybe we could stand up and fight with the city of council and yeah, our school absolutely. board and everything else? Is that I gonna, would that would that keep away, like say Campbell County from receiving some the funding through the it education?
1: Would. It would, and then we would have to figure out another way to fund that. I think we could have done that at the state level mm-hmm. uh, with the superintendent working with us. We could have figured out a way to fund School lunches without taking the USDA dollars. Yeah, the the thing is that, you know, there's going to be some other federal program that they'll try to squeeze us a little harder on after yeah. we push back on that one. So you need to be prepared for that. But I think it's time to start. Don, um, I agree. If we don't, then the way of life that we have in Wyoming, that most Wyomingites love and and adore Church. and want to be here for, um, it's going to be lost.
0: Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's what kind of scares me. I got two boys. I got a 12-year-old and an 8-year-old about to be 9. My uh, 12-year-old's getting ready to start junior high, and the 8-year-old is going into third grade. And, like, one of my oldest was going into third grade. I, I guess I never really gave two thoughts about it because, you know, it, like it never seemed like there was ever an issue. But now that I'm starting to be more involved and start looking at things and paying attention to what's going on, that it's kind of like, man, it's it, it the time to – not go up in arms, but time to put your foot down and say, you're not gonna do this no more, we were, you know, is, it, is that the climate in the community that we have now?
1: It can be, if people like you get involved yeah. like that. And uh, you can stop a lot of things at the local school board. You can, you can have a lot more say if you get people to show up mm-hmm. at the school board meetings and say, no, this is not what we want in our community. We elect school board members, uh, school board trustees, Mm -hmm. uh, and they are really responsible to the voters, not to the administration. But unfortunately, when people don't show up at the school board meetings, Mm -hmm. that's what tends to happen is that they start working with the administration and the administration says, well, this is what we need. And that's the only input they're getting. They're not getting input from the the parents and the community to say, this is what we want.
0: Well, if these last two years hasn't shown anybody anything that, it's like, right now is not the time to be lazy. That I mean that's right. The time is not to sit mu- muzzled in the corner and complain about it to your spouse or to your friends. It, now is the time to stand up and take, and take back our community.
1: Right. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, if you think about it, though, there's still only going to be a certain number of people that are going to really get involved yeah. and, and make things change, but... Uh, that's the way it's always been. It's always been a few movers and shakers that make things change. But those movers and shakers have got to wake up and realize yeah. it's now or never. And when it comes to the school boards and the and uh, local control, there's a great opportunity right now. I'll, I'll go back in time to uh, um, not this summer, but the previous summer at the end of the school year, the kids were still wearing masks. Um, they had the... Uh, um, health officer for the state had determined that masks weren't required for adults, Mm -hmm. but they were still required for kids who are less susceptible to COVID anyway. Right. Um, So it was really a backwards program. And some schools were starting to lift the mask requirements for their kids. And I pushed really hard on our school board to do just that. And eventually we got a lot of people showing up at the school board meetings and and, uh, they were heard. And the school board See, d- determined that that was going to change
0: we, i showed up to a couple of those when they were talking about the mask mandates and i voiced my opinion that it's you're sending them in in cloth masks that aren't do, i mean it, the science has proven that it's not yeah. doing anything it's yeah. not an n95 it's not a It's not a fitted mask and they said well that's what the state says we have to do so our hands are tied and i said that's not a good enough answer for me right i said you guys are here for us not for this st- for the state that's so right the, the, you know I'm not sending my kid to school with a mask on anymore. Well, then he's not gonna be in school. Well, that sounds like that my funding, my, my tax dollars is, is not gonna be going to that school no more. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a firm believer of school choice. Mm-hmm. I think even in like a community like uh, Gillette, mm-hmm. I think we there's opportunities for school choice here. Yeah.
1: So we had a bill in uh, 2021 that uh, allowed for three more charter schools to be built in the, in the uh, state. We had three, This doubled it to six. Mm-hmm. And some, some movement is m- taking place now for those three to, to be organized and built. But um, there was uh, a legislator that got up and gave a speech and said, listen, we've got school choice, I homeschooled my kids.
0: That's not a, that's not a choice. Exactly,
1: I got right back up and said, uh, listen, I homeschooled my kids too. The problem is, is that I had the funds and ability to exactly. do it. You take a single mother, you know, how's she going to homeschool her kids?
0: And provide so a roof and food. And she doesn't
1: have that choice. And our Constitution says that every every citizen has a right to a free education. Mm-hmm. And so, <coughs> you know, we're not obeying that if we say only these people that can that can afford it can have a good education
0: that, that's that's a kind of a comment that somebody says well you know let daddy take care of you you know the, that's government the government will will be able to provide you know section was it section eight housing and food stamps and this and that and that mm-hmm. you know that's to me er, people relying on the government to fix all their problems is kind of getting out of hand
1: so one of the things that i learned uh early on was uh, you know there are a lot of good causes out mm-hmm. there but each time you have something come across to you that, that uh, sounds like a good idea, you need to ask the question, is that the proper role of government? Mm-hmm. Because housing, um, food, clothing, education, you know, there are certain things that government is necessary for, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying those are the things, but if we allow government to take care of every little thing, then... Government's going to be able to restrict every right. little part of our life, and that's not what our founding fathers exactly. intended. They they wanted freedom and liberty, and as small a government as possible. But we have tended to uh, to become a, a nanny state yep. from a you know a welfare state to a nanny state. And one of the problems we have here in Campbell County and Gillette in particular is that we're very wealthy mm-hmm. because of the mineral extraction and the amount of tax m- dollars that come to our our city and our county from that source, we have a lot of money. And so you take the 1% the tax that's uh, gonna be up for election here in November, um, that penny tax, it would be great if that was being used for proper role of government uses like bridges and roads yep. and the things that government really needs to be focused on. But instead, we tend to focus on philanthropic things and things uh nice things to have but not need like uh supporting d- particular sports activities mm-hmm. you know those sports activities don't serve all of the people who pay that one penny tax they only support a certain group and yet they're all paying for it Yep. and so uh you take something like uh you know a, a an NGO, a non-government organization or a non-profit organization that generally would you know, receive funds from the public, raise those funds and, and focus on a particular need in that community. And you start funding that with tax dollars mm-hmm. and suddenly their focus on what they're supposed to be doing is lost because they've got more money than they, n- they absolutely need to mm-hmm. do that purpose. But also in the general community You know, your taxpayers are going to feel like, well, why do I need to fund that particular issue when I'm already funding it through my tax dollars? And on top of that, you, you know, when you give to something, generally you get a, uh, you know, a feeling of, man, I've really contributed to my community. Mm -hmm. I've really been a good citizen. I've done something special. But when you pay your taxes, you don't feel that way. So now you've taken that feeling away from everybody who might have contributed to that. That uh, nonprofit organization,
0: and I, I feel about one hundred percent the same as you do about yeah. it. That I think there's been a lot of wasteful spending in this community.
1: Now there are other communities that don't have the kind of revenue that right. we do, and that one percent tax, <laughs> they can't use it for anything other than government need, you mm-hmm. know, government purposes, proper government purposes, because they just don't have enough money. Yeah, and so. Uh, we probably in our community could probably do away with that one one penny tax. Oh, I
0: agree. I, I got that flyer the other day about how I what I thought how the one percent was doing and everything else, and I'm like, I mailed it back as like learn how to balance your budget. Yep. That's that's I think that's one of Gillette's biggest problems is that the budget around here is the beautification of Gillette. I know it needs to be done, but to the extent that we do it, it's it's kind of wasteful to me. Yeah. And like you know the. That corner by NZ and 4J, they've ripped that grass up 10 times now and they still can't get grass to grow. Right. You know?
1: Well, and again, that's because we have more money than than we need to do these things. That's
0: almost like more money than common sense at this point. Yeah. But, you know, it's. I think that's uh, something that I don't think we'll ever see the 1% go away in this community.
1: We'll see. Uh, You know, I think if uh, people continue to see abuses, they will get rid of it, but uh, you know they people don't consider some of the things that I just said to be abuses. You yeah. know, paying for the a baseball team or uh, paying, <coughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, so if they don't see that as a as a problem, then yeah, you'll see the well, one it percent. And it also seems like a lot of these facilities
0: that the one percent has built, we don't manage them correctly. Like the Wyoming Center for one, like it seems like oh, well we well we built this to host. Events and this and that and it seems like the most biggest event we get it every four years is the national high school rodeo coming through there right.
1: I Think that uh, if you really wanted to do that Well, you'd probably move that away from being the under the control of the land board and uh, make it a I've private said that
0: since they built that building yeah. I, I, that is probably the most mismanaged uh, The the part of Campbell County
1: argument against it would be that oh my gosh the cost of, of events that are there would be so high that people couldn't enjoy it, but I disagree if a private somewhere. organization is running it um they're going to bring in stuff that'll make money well look well at the ford
0: uh, the ford center the civic center in casper mm-hmm. when that went to private it has brought in more mm-hmm. high uh high performing actors and or uh, right. concerts and stuff like that heck jeff dunham that he's a comedian and i mean he's kind of on the back end of his comedian career but he's when he started going there he, this is one of my favorite places to come in the whole whole nation mm-hmm. you know and, and I I think the complex needs to be sold, put into a private sector, or sold to somebody that, or not maybe even, not even sold, but have uh, give the naming rights, sell the naming rights, where they are under the management of it.
1: I, I think it would be wise to move that direction. Yeah, um, the taxpayers are all paying for it. Mm-hmm. Again, it's one of those things where everybody's paying for it, but not everybody's benefiting right. from it. Yeah.
0: Uh, so, how, how do you feel about City of Gillette? Uh, the county and all that stuff. How do you, do you think we're in the right direction or is there still work that needs to be done?
1: I think we're moving in the right direction. Um, I think that it's more important that we work on these areas where we have more control uh-huh. than than worrying about what's happening in Washington, DC. Yeah, You know, I, I often say this, that all I can do about what's happening in Washington, DC is throw my shoe at the television <laughs> and <laughs> the only person that hurts gets hurt is me right. <laughs> when I have to get a new television. But uh, but we can have a huge effect on, on what happens at the city, the county, at our local hospital. Um, you know, we just need to get involved at that level, yeah, and p- start paying attention to that instead of paying so much attention to what um, Biden and, and Kamala Harris are doing.
0: Do you think that's uh, Do you think uh, uh, Fox, CNN, and MSNBC are a big problem? You, like do you think there's that takes away from people's involvement in their local communities? oh yeah
1: oh yeah the more time you focus on things that are out of your control the less the things that you can control are I mean if, if you look at your circle of influence if you mm-hmm. will uh, it gets smaller as you focus on things that are outside of that circle and you can have a great deal of influence on things that are happening in Gillette mm-hmm. and happening in the county So yeah, I think we need to continue to to get people to be more focused on the local stuff. And if it does, it helps me at the state level, I can tell you that. I'll give you for instance, when uh, a billion dollars of ARPA funds were delivered to the state, um, we had to determine how we were gonna spend those. And we had till 2024 to spend all that money. Uh, Me personally, I was trying to get us to put it into savings so that we'd have revenue off of that for years to come. Uh, but uh, we ended up spending almost all of it on on, uh, pet projects and right now. And so, you know, when I would give a speech saying, let's not do this, this is gonna cost our constituents at the gas pump and at the grocery Mm -hmm. store because these dollars are being printed as we speak, adding to that inflation. So if uh, if we're gonna do that, you know, it's gonna affect your constituents. well, it didn't change the votes. We still spent all that money. And I had legislators come up to me afterwards and say, you know, John, it's great that you can say that and, and it's a great idea, but my community doesn't have the kind of money that your community has and your city and your county, they spend money like water compared to us. So I really don't appreciate you telling me not to spend this money that's coming my way. And so it really affected my ability to influence other communities when my own community is spending money mm-hmm. frivolously. And do you think that's something that, uh, I don't
0: know, I, I guess that I the new mayor race going on. So whether it's, uh, Shay or, uh, Nathan, is mm-hmm. that something you can sit down and talk to him and be like, Hey, you know, let's rein in some of the spending. So that way we can better, better protect every you know, the, the citizens of, of Wyoming, not just Gillette.
1: But yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, had a long conversation with Shay and, and I, th- I do hope that he's the one, now that we're, we've narrowed it down to two, that, mm-hmm. uh, that he will advance on to become our mayor. I think that's probably um, the case, but uh, he and I differ on economic development, yeah, I'll he tell
0: he you. From having our conversation with him, it, it was quite a, quite a bit of spending. Yeah.
1: yeah, so this is a, you know, when I talk about the proper role of government, here's a perfect example uh, of where Shay and I are gonna differ. I don't believe that government has a responsibility to create economic development Mm -hmm. other than to do two things. And those two things are reduce taxes to the lowest possible level and reduce regulations. Now we saw that during the Trump administration on a national Mm -hmm. scale. Trump lowered taxes and he reduced regulations and we saw the economy just take off. So that's the America first. activity there and that's what works yep so if government just does those two things the economy will take care of itself mm-hmm. it really will but if we decide that we're going to purchase a piece of land and develop it into a uh, industrial park and uh, try to invite new companies in here to do that what happens is we've done that before yeah well <laughs> what happens is you know necessarily only some people are going to get to move in there and get those types of rents and other people are not. And so you're going to naturally have to pick winners and losers. Yeah. And usually it's who knows this politician best that gets the best deal.
0: Uh, my dad, he owned Hediger Welding. And that uh, big facility that uh, Liberty Oil's in now, that mm-hmm. was his. And he, mm-hmm. w- he was there before they turned that into an energy, uh, whatever you want to call it, uh, community. Mm-hmm and he w- was wanting to buy the property there used to be a poly pipe factory right across mm-hmm. on the other side of the railroad tracks and he was trying to buy that property and the city and the county told him absolutely not we're giving that to whatever the name was until they killed the guy and they tried buying it again and they ended up giving it to uh uh it was a support uh, for like the oil and gas field they made par- or they had parts it was a warehouse anyways but at the time he was the largest employer of campbell county he had forty five hundred people employed mm-hmm. just for him, and he could not get a get a bone thrown to him. Yeah, you know, and it, it was tooth and nail just to get the facility that he had there built and approved for. Yeah, and so like you know, when they talk about building these energy, or you know, these these uh, uh, economic uh, development, economic development, you know, I kind of I kind of cringe at that or tense up about that because I've seen it how it's never worked in the past. You know, even back in the 70s, 60s, and 70s around here, I've heard stories from different guys in the oil field. They tried doing it then, too, and it, it just blew up in their face. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it goes back to letting the private sector do its thing.
1: It really is. Um, a- and people don't like h- the speed at which that operates. No. But, again, it'll operate faster if the government gets out of the way.
0: Yeah. Well, you uh, not only that, but, like, there's – Gillette and Campbell County alone have – the skill the trades here that any company cat Komatsu, could bring one of their facilities down here I mean granted they're going to pay a little bit better wages than they do in Illinois but you're getting twice the product you're you're going to be moving mm-hmm. twice as many products we're mm-hmm. not unionized we're at will work state you know you're, you're, you, you you have guys here that have gone to the trade schools and could do it all
1: yeah i think you're going to see more and more of the uh, gun manufacturers yeah. and ammunition manufacturers moving here because of the so unfriendly laws in these other states, yeah. so uh, you know, hopefully the state of Wyoming can continue to to you know protect the Second Amendment and uh, keep those freedoms rocking for people. And the you know clearly there's a huge demand for that stuff. It's hard to buy ammunition anywhere yeah. right now, has been for a long, long time. Uh, but you have a federal government that clearly wants to keep people from having firearms. Yeah, well, and so I lost those in a boating accident keyhole. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> uh, you know, so if, if there's one area that, that I'd like to see some uh, diversification, I'd like to see us try to, you know, woo some of those companies here. Um, and there's other other areas where, you know, we would be a good fit. But I will say this. Um, I often get asked, what do you think about diversifying the revenue streams for the government? That was actually
0: going to be my next question to you.
1: Well, then let me lead into that. All right, I'll let you lead <laughs> into <laughs> nice that. Nice segue. Well, I, I just want to just slowly go through the math here in Campbell County, what it means. If, uh, if you think about the way the tax works, we tax each train that's taking coal mm-hmm. out of here at 100% ad valerum. Now, your house is taxed at 9%. That's taxed at 100%. And so there's a huge volume of money coming out of every train load going out of here. And on top of that, we have a severance tax. So there's a lot of tax dollars that are come from from the coal, oil, and gas in Uh this county. In particular, half of the income of the state is coming from that right now. At one time, it was 75%. But if we um, look at what the revenue generated from one of the 13 coal mines in Campbell County, and we try to shift that to some other industry. Let's let's say it's uh, a gun business, you okay. know, somebody that's manufacturing guns. Based on the the way we tax that gun manufacturer, we would have to have 300 average-sized businesses to replace one mine. That's a lot of businesses it, to add on to the the community mm-hmm. here, and you'd have to have a lot of employees to do that. Now to replace Every single coal mine in Campbell County, the revenue stream Mm -hmm. that comes to the county and the state, you would have to have five and a half million people in Campbell County. Jeez, now that's eleven times the number of people in the entire state, and I don't think you and I would enjoy Gillette the way we do now. (laughs) There were five and a half million people here. And it's an unlikely scenario. So we can talk about diversification and I certainly would not get in the way of diversifying and bringing in other businesses. I would certainly encourage that. But to be real, if we wanna continue living the way we live in this community with the tax revenue that comes off coal, oil, and gas, we need to be fighting against the federal government's war on coal yeah, and war on oil and war on gas. And we need to do it with every every bit of energy and right. blood, sweat, and tears we have.
0: Well. Uh, I don't think people understand how many things revolve around coal oil and gas like almost 99 of all your household goods are mm-hmm. have direct reflection because of oil gas and coal uh you know tesla has got to have every part that's made out of tesla it has to have oil somewhere that's right every part of it plastic every, it, and then uh, plastics um, baby plastics yeah, and then on top <laughs> of that, all made out of oil what is it what are they saying like 72 percent of all the charging stations are uh, either natural gas or coal-fired power plants.
1: Yeah,
0: exactly. You know, exactly. Uh, you, you drive down towards Douglas, you see all the wind—the wind turbines up. You know, and Douglas is pretty windy, but there's a lot of times I've driven down there and they're not turning. Yeah. You know, and Texas learn should have learned their lesson when they got that big freeze all over mm-hmm. Texas, and their grid couldn't handle it because none of the wind turbines or solar panels were going. All right. You know, and they because they basically took themselves off the coal and oil, uh, natural gas. Uh, f- uh,
1: yeah, if Energy. we can, if we continue to do that, uh, you know, I hate to say doom and gloom, but people will die because you won't have heat.
0: Well, you know, I, I almost kind of think that's kind of like the the plan is trying to start thamming out the herd. I, you know, with the whole the way they handled COVID, the way this Green New Deal, some of these, uh, hell, even that new uh, uh, inflation bill that Biden just signed. There, there's a lot of terrible terrible things for everybody in yeah. all these things that they're pushing
1: it certainly doesn't make a lot of sense no. to go that direction you know as far as uh, we, we've proven what works yep. we know what works and we're going quite the opposite you know direction. and i'm
0: not against trying to find other sources for energy you know but right now oil gas and coal are proven to work so let's just rely on them really hard until we get the wind solar the wind turbines and the solar panels figured out let's get the nuclear energy figured out let's get you know let's let's it's put some time and effort into getting stuff figured out so it's done right and we're not sitting here like California or Texas or uh, West Virginia where they're having rolling blackouts, Louisiana.
1: Yeah. Well, Kyle, what what you're describing is the war on the middle class, which yeah. is the American dream, right? Um, one of the things that makes it easier for uh, people like you and I to own a home or to start a business is cheap energy. Yeah. As soon as the energy goes up, you know everything goes up because of that and once it does the, your ability to get ahead and invest in something I- it's limited yeah and so then you you become a country of the haves and the have-nots
0: yeah you'll be a third world country real quick right uh, argentina good good example
1: and and let's just talk about the reality the the quote unquote science of uh global warming and and man's uh man's influence on that mm-hmm. well if we really are concerned about man's effect on, on the climate, then we should be looking at the places where the most pollution happens, places like China and India. And instead, we act like there's this wall going up at the right. the border, w- not one that'll stop anybody from coming across, but it'll yeah. stop pollution from from uh, coming in or going out. And it's ridiculous to think like that. We should be putting, if, if we really that that was the problem we should be putting maximum effort into to getting those other countries to to curb their their emissions
0: well it, it's funny that China's China and India are the two largest producers of solar panels and they have the least amount of solar panels in their countries
1: well China right now is building 210 210 yep. coal-fired power plants a year yep. and uh, you know what they're doing that's part of their Belt and Road initiative they're they're getting other countries to become more and more dependent upon them. They're mm-hmm. building their power plants they're providing the coal to those power plants they're uh, you know they're providing them with cell service and uh, eventually they're those countries will be completely dependent on China and that's not a good place to be no. when, when we see China's uh, not uh, you know truly a Democrat uh, democratic or republic style government.
0: Well uh, you know, that's funny that you say that because you hear everybody fight for the LBGTQ+, MLP, whatever. <laughs>
1: the alphabet soup.
0: And, and uh, between those two countries, they have eliminated more bisexuals and gays than anybody, well, I guess besides Saudi Arabia, but they, they don't tolerate that stuff. But mm-hmm. yet we got people like LeBron James bowing down and John Cena bowing down to them, and they, they'll sit there and once well... You know BLM this and then you look at China has the Wiggers all locked up in concentration camps
1: yeah there's a a lot of duplicity there isn't there
0: yeah it well it's uh I'm glad to see your colors your your true colors and what you actually stand for because I no longer support you yeah You, you won't get a dime of I won't even turn on NBA you know like I actually enjoy watching the NBA I used to but now that it's all super political I mean anymore nowadays if our TVs on it's either college sports or it's nothing
1: yeah I think you know that that's what has to happen is the the customers have to speak with their dollars yeah.
0: well um, Netflix is seeing that Netflix has showed a two two uh, hundred and thirty five million dollar profit loss in last quarter because they went so hard to the woke you go broke concept mm-hmm. you know and it's it's catching up it's gonna catch up to everybody
1: so Kyle I'll just ask you why do you think um, these these uh Industry leaders are going th- this direction or th- becoming woke. What uh, do you think driving Because
0: it? they, they, so I, I think they're going this direction is because it's keeping them safe from the loudest voices. So if they send their CEOs, or white CEOs, to uh, uh, culture appropriation classes and stuff like that, that's the like, uh, what was it? JP Morgan sent their CEOs off to learn more about the black culture and this and that and the gay culture. It allowed J.P. Morgan to say, "Hey, we're part of you guys. Don't yell and scream at us. Don't come at us on Twitter. Don't use social media to come at us. We're our, we're on your side." When they're in, in, in really in reality, they're the ones attacking these communities. They're the ones that's destroying these communities and tearing them apart. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I that's but that's to me that's what they're doing. Is they're trying to stay away from the loud voices, from trying the mob mentality.
1: You think it's a survival mode?
0: I do believe. I,
1: if you ask me, they're they're encouraging more of it. Uh, yeah it's well like against it's their competition it's like paying ransom Yeah. you know you, you just encourage more
0: <laughs> well you know and like you see him back all these different people f- running for office and everything else and they're just they're bowing down to the mob mentality
1: mm-hmm. to
0: me and I, the mob mentality isn't is probably less than 1% of the uh, of the United States there's only less than 1% of the the people that are yelling and screaming everybody else is just leaving the fuck alone you know so are
1: you saying that that if the rest of us were to rise up we they would they would uh wake up and start doing it right?
0: Uh, I think they would do the exact same thing they're doing now with, uh, with the BLM and LBGT and whatever, all these other woke progressive agendas. I think they'd, they'd instantly jump ship and be like, oh, well, well what, what can we do for you? What can we do for you? Right, right, And I think it's time that we take away our tax dollars that subsidize these kind of companies and take them away.
1: Oh, absolutely. A- again, those kinds of things are picking winners and losers.
0: And well, I don't think subsidies, I don't think any company should receive a subsidy. Yeah. i I don't we're quite
1: a ways down that road now kyle and that's the problem is is backing out of that is going to take a a lot of effort and a lot of time and it's going to take some pretty determined uh, representatives and and uh, statesmen to do that so
0: yeah well i I was talking to Dell. he said that he had the opportunity to run uh in place of cheney or to run against cheney Mm -hmm. you know and he told me that that he couldn't do it because he'd be such a fish out of water and i was thinking to myself that's what we need we need some fish out of water that are going into a coming in from being the biggest fish and going into a fishbowl with a bigger fish and, and then just devouring them so mm-hmm. I don't think Dell would I think Dell has the backbone and the intelligence and the strength to stand up and say no this is this is dumb we're not doing this you know and fight tooth and nail to get get what needs to be done done yeah,
1: yeah. well we, we do need to have people that are willing to fight and stand yeah. up to it they have to understand what, what is constitutional what's right. not constitutional They've got to un- have that core understanding of what the founding fathers intended because I think they were brilliant in putting this uh, this Republic together. So who was your favorite founding father? Um, you know I uh, I like them all but uh, you know I look at uh, you know, Jefferson, Hamilton I, I you know every one of them played a role. every one of them had things that I didn't like. yeah uh, when I look back to that uh, that era, my favorite politician actually was from England, wasn't wasn't an American politician, and that was uh, William Wilberforce. Okay, Do you kn- are you familiar with? Who I've heard is? I've
0: heard a little bit about him. I haven't done a whole deep dive. I think uh, Fox Nation, when I was part of their uh, streaming group, they had a, oh. a thing on him.
1: Just uh, uh, a movie about his life. It's called Amazing Grace. Okay, and uh, it's a pretty good depiction. But you know, reading the book's always better yeah. than the movie. <laughs> But uh, he's the guy that really changed the, uh, the world view of slavery. Mm-hmm. Because prior to that time, from the beginning of man, there's been slavery. Yep. And uh, today, you and I look really look down on slavery. Yep. It's, it's happening around us in this human trafficking trade and those kind of things. It's, it's happening. Now Libya. But uh, we, kn- we detest it. We know that it's bad. We know that it's evil. Um, the people that are involved with it are really out there. But prior to, to William Wilberforce, it was just commonplace. Mm-hmm. It was just the way things were. Some people enslaved themselves to, to get by. Yep. And uh, other people were forced into slavery for whatever reason. So you know, changing that mindset of slavery is just normal and okay to it's not normal, it's not okay, mm-hmm. uh, I think was huge. Yeah. And uh, he played a major role in that spent 20 years trying to end the slave trade in the British Empire and mm-hmm. uh, just a, a an incredible man who did a lot uh, that was the big thing that he did yeah. but you know he's pretty much forgotten and uh, you know he was also Abraham Lincoln's uh, political hero mm-hmm. George Washington looked up to him so uh, that's somebody that I really think was a uh, an interesting character somebody that I'd like to to uh, emulate yeah
0: uh, mine would have been Ben Franklin, just because he likes to party. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you know what a brilliant man, though. Yeah. I mean, and they were they were, especially for their age. He was older than most of them, but for their age, they were really brilliant people. They really the understood. Courage. They understood what uh, governments had done in the in world history. They understood what had worked, what didn't mm-hmm. work, what, what the, the strengths stories. and weaknesses were. Yeah. yeah, they understood human nature. That's the thing that we've really started losing. Do you know, think?
0: Do you think we've lost that because of social media?
1: No, no. I think we've lost our understanding of, of human nature and history, because um, you know life has gotten well. Y- what you're saying is life's gotten busy. I I get that. It, it's part of it currently, mm-hmm. but no. We, we started moving away from appreciating those things and and understanding them and studying them individually. Yeah. <coughs> long time ago and it it really had to do with us becoming a wealthy country Mm -hmm. it happens with every every great nation you know after a while they become wealthy they forget really what it took to get them there and uh, and they start to uh, go down crazy crazy paths Um, you know you mentioned the alphabet soup yeah you know um, we have we have prioritized some of the craziest things above what you and I talked about earlier, the family, mm-hmm. the nuclear family. Um, we, we have put, you know, things that used to be considered insane uh, ahead of that nuclear mm-hmm. family. And we're paying a price for it.
0: Well, what's that saying? Uh, good <coughs> times make weak men and uh, uh, good times make weak or easy times make weak men and difficult times make strong men. Yep. Is, that, is that how that goes? Something like that, yeah. And I, and I think that we've had it so easy for so long that it's yeah, kind of... I think it's time that we have to get some dirt on our hands
1: yeah that's i suppose that's (coughs) that's one of the reasons that i enjoy uh challenging myself Mm -hmm. and doing things that you know probably didn't think i could do right Uh, i remember uh it's been about five years ago now i i challenged myself to go do a a competition i was into long-range shooting at the time and and i did something called the sniper adventure challenge and uh convinced a guy to it's actually Abby Angelos' husband was my my teammate for that, but a thirty six hour race, you know, just uh, carrying sixty pound packs each, Jeez. rifle and pistol, and and uh, it was it was really challenging. I lost three toenails and oh wow, and uh, most of the height off the bottom of my feet, you know, a, a lot of mountain climbing, a lot. of, I mean, it just really tough, tough stuff. So
0: like one of them ultimate yeah. endurance races, yeah that uh,
1: survived it and and uh, it's one of the greatest memories i have now you know but i like that kind of thing of challenging myself yeah. to to go beyond what uh what most people would do and i think that makes makes real men out of us when we yeah. do those kind of things and and uh we we have less fear i guess
0: yeah well like I, my thing with uh, like social media everybody's so comfortable talking behind a keyboard oh yeah you know and yeah. like there hasn't been enough people slapped around for saying something stupid. You know, right. they right. get the comfort of being in their home basement in front of a computer and typing is well out whatever it is they want yeah. without the consequences of getting punched in the mouth. Right. Uh, you know, and that's it's like I tell my wife she she loves to text text me all the time. I I just don't I could respond and like do <laughs> you want to do this for a talk <laughs> yeah. face to face. Uh, you know, I run into
1: that too. Uh, you know, I've had people that want to text and and you can't tell. You know any inflection in their voice, you yep. can't tell. Body you language. Know, are yeah. they, are they serious? Are they yep. joking? You know, it, it's it's not good. Yeah, we've gotten away from a lot of interpersonal skills, and that's unfortunate, and it's not good for our society. No. But how do we how do we get back there? Well, <laughs> maybe Biden's going to do it for us yeah. by killing the grid. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's, it's,
0: we laugh, but I think it's coming sooner than later.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Well, we're uh, almost at an hour, so I want to end this on a positive note. What is your greatest accomplishment to date?
1: I'd say my kids, you know. Um, I, you know, My daughter, I'm just so proud of her mm-hmm. and, and the grandkids. And um, you know, uh, I lost my son when he was uh, 18 and uh, it's still a big hole in my heart. Mm-hmm. But what he did in those 18 years, uh, I'm just still proud of. And what my daughter's doing now, I'm, I'm super proud of. And um, you know, having a legacy, that's that's probably the the most a, a human being could do. Uh, I'm proud of my faith uh, and and my ability to share that with a lot of people, and I've done that over the years. I wish it were more, um, but uh, but I am proud of of what I've been able to do for the kingdom of God. Well.
0: I really, really enjoyed this conversation with you. I know that we were talking about thirty minutes or so, but <laughs> it's just getting you a conversation you with you. It's yeah, easy you to you talk to you, you.
1: You asked a politician to start talking, yeah. and this is what you get.
0: I, I enjoyed <laughs> it. I think uh, people really get a lot out of this, and you know, and it's a uh, it's a fresher breath there having people like you and Dell and, and Sam Kleichman have, have their their views talked about. You it's it's, it's uh, it gives it gives a guy a lot of hope for well. what's coming.
1: I'll tell you Kyle I appreciate people that are willing to listen and and talk with us and and put the word out there because you know how else would people ever know
0: well that's the reason I want to start this podcast I think there's so much hate and divisive and everything else around the country and I want to start with communities I want to get like community leaders and Mm -hmm. people that own businesses and just get their feel about where their community's at where some strengths that we can grow on where some weaknesses that come up solutions to the weaknesses and the problems and Instead of just being so negative, there's there's enough negativity out in this world right now that it's uh it, it, it's it's hard to find the the light at the
1: end. True that, true that, and uh, that I- that is a good point. We need to focus on the positive. Exactly. You know, I think that the the uh, the American spirit is still strong. I think that America is still a a beacon compared mm-hmm. to the other countries of the world, and uh, and so we have a lot to be proud of.
0: Yeah. Well, just open up a history book.
1: Yep. That's right. Come a long ways. Uh, uh, An older history book. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, Mr. Barry, it was a pleasure. I hope to have you on again later down the road.
1: You bet. Thanks, Kyle. Thank you.